Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Murder Blows, the almost 2019 edition. This will be the last episode you hear from us this year. I guess we'll just have to see you next year. Good thing that Cody has us on such a crazy conspiracy theory. Uh, she's telling us today about the McMartin daycare mystery, is what I'm going to call it. Uh, man, psychology is weird, and when you interview children, it's weird, too. Um... I'll let her tell you, though. It's much better than what I could possibly tell you. Uh, speaking of, I'm joined today by myself. Cody. And Violet and the Missing Maisie. Yes. She's not here. She's not joining us, but... But I wish she was. Uh, yeah, so I'm going to put some intro music here, I guess. Thanks. Beep boop boop. Thanks, self. Beep boop boop. <laughs> it's perfect. I guess try to get a hold of her and uh we'll reconnect i'll just do it right now <laughs> okay dun, dun, dun. i should do it on speaker but hey are you joining the recording oh no i'm sorry it's now <laughs> okie dokie no problem my bad alright she was confused on time so oh no that's okay she said she'll jump in that Woot. sounds like me <laughs> um I was gonna like sing some Merry Christmas jingle but I'm like I'm all the way Christmas out oh I bet I so bet. what kind of serial killers are in your coloring book? What's that? So what kind of serial killers oh, are in your it, coloring I book? The, I should know the um, name of it, but uh, <laughs> it's for just really kind of Patton, Patton Oswald's wife that died. Um, oh. Michelle. Uh -huh. I forget her name. Um, but that's the book that she got me. Um, oh, so I'm so totally sweet. freaking excited to read it. Oh, um, oh man, is this the one that's like, uh, like in the darkness or like? I think so, yeah. It's, um, the one she wrote before she died. Yeah. Oh, so it's so good. I'm really excited. She said it was really good. She read it. And so I'm super excited. But that, that serial killer coloring book, like the pictures in it are hilarious. Like I'm going to have mm -hmm. to screen some of them and send them to you because it is freaking so funny and it just like I can just picture Violet like sitting there coloring it like <laughs> I wish I would have known about it so I could have sent one to Violet for Christmas because she just would have died I love it um I thought when you sent the picture of the cover though that you were saying the serial killer looks like Violet and I was like That's oh no not no nice. <laughs> Like, just the book reminded me of her because she's always into serial <laughs> Oh, that's yeah. terrible. I didn't even think of that. I'm going to have to tell her that. <laughs> oh, no. I mean, I, that's how I saw it. I could be the only weird one. Hi, friend. Hey. 
Don't you look beautiful in your profile picture there? Mm, thanks. <laughs> How is everybody? Well, I didn't mean that the serial killer on that book looked like you. I meant that the <laughs> whole book reminded me of you. Oh, <laughs> I don't remember if I took it that way, but either way, I didn't take it negatively. <laughs> well, I I opened it up and I was like, this reminds me of Violet. Why didn't I find this for her for Christmas and send it to her? And it's like, <laughs> I have to send them a picture of this. And then <laughs> Sasha was like, I thought you meant the girl on the cover reminded you of Violet. <laughs> no, the whole book. Whoops. <laughs> I was like, that's not very nice. <laughs> oh, I love it. Did Violet, we wait how it was work yesterday? It's pretty garbage. Um, okay. People are awful. Um, still waiting for that plague uh, to take the earth. So, yeah. The Christmas did not enhance or decrease those feelings. Yeah, decrease. I still want people to die. Okay. <laughs> I mean how was your Christmas? <laughs> uh, good, I got lotion. Just everything I've ever dreamed of and more. Are we recording? Oh, Are you yeah. sure about that, Sasha? <laughs> <laughs> Look, I'm making do. I did not have a breakdown. It was fine. Same. That's how I judge my holiday season. I'm like, did I have a breakdown from November, from Thanksgiving until Christmas? And then I was like, no. Okay, I'm all right. Like, it's there the bright side of things. Oh, yeah. Look at that. It's all good. Everything's fine. <laughs> Except for Maisie's not here. Yeah. yeah. Oh, Maisie's not here. Sorry, I just double popped my shoulders on the recording um Maisie had to work on a Wednesday which sucks but I get it because this week is probably weird for hours and stuff but eh, dislike but she sent us an adorable video of her walking into work um and since it's not advice week I will go ahead and give you guys her advice and that is uh if you have a grocery or food delivery service and you're not going to be home, make sure you cancel it, because if not, your food sits outside and it rots and it smells real bad in apartment buildings. So oh. thank you. You know what I bet smells the worst? HelloFresh. I bet oh, I it bet. just reeks. Straight rancid. <laughs> not sponsored by HelloFresh, in case you all didn't catch that. It's because it's so fresh. It goes bad faster. I'm not trying to be mean. It just... I bet it smells bad. <laughs> Cody? I know, HelloFresh offers, like, a vegan box, right? So, like, at least it wouldn't oh, yeah. be spoiled meat. That's true, but... If you smell a really spoiled tomato... Whoa. Oh. <laughs> spoiled potatoes are the worst. But they just grow little friends on them. Oh, no, I said tomatoes. I'm sorry. Oh. Well, yeah. <laughs> tomatoes smell bad, but potatoes, like, after they start growing the friends, they start to, like, like, rot. And so the saying, like, that smells like worse than, like, a rotting potato, like, they smell like <laughs> dead, utter garbage. Wait, is... that's a saying? I thought it was. 
I'm here for it. I'm going to have to let my potatoes rot now. They're probably already rotten. So it smells worse than a rotten potato? Yeah, that's the thing. Oh, I'm going to Google it. I believe You might have just named the episode. (laughs) (gasps) Cody named episode. Well, it's also Cody's episode. My grandpa said really funny things. And he was like this really tall, skinny, quiet, church-going man. But he would say the funniest sayings. Like, he would say, great gobs of goose grease. And he would say... Um, that I have heard. <laughs> really? He would say, slower than molasses in January. Heard he that would one. say, slower than a month of Sundays. He would say... <laughs> um, yeah. He would say... Um, rotten the rotten potato thing and then one time we were in a gas station and he came out and he said that woman behind the counter was fatter than a bathtub's mother and i died what (laughs) i like that one i will never forget that because he never said anything mean about anybody but fatter than a bathtub's mother man that one got me Dang, that's good. That's good. Is this going to be the first episode of the new year? Mm-hmm. Close. It's no. the 30th. It'll be, okay. yeah, the 30th. Okay. But it would be. None of us have New Year uh, pep yet. We all have like holiday hangovers. So. Yes. That's true. Uh, I freaking survived. <laughs> the most important part, though. Yeah. I had no, to go back to, to work like, today. It sucked. You have to take care of yourself and like take a hot bath. Like I did that this week because I had been doing so much for everybody else that I took a hot bath and I used um, the, I forget what it's called. I'm a really bad promotional advertising person, but I use the blank slate um, skin scrub Is on my legs. Sweet like salty scrub? Oh, yeah. yeah. And then mm. I put the uni oil on my legs afterwards. Ooh, I've never put uni oil on my legs, but I bet you that feels great. It did. Well, I took your I took your bottle, so if you need it, I can give it back. But um, <laughs> I put it on my legs, and it was amazing because it wasn't like lotiony, but it absorbed because my legs were so dry. And then I put it on my feet and put socks on, and it like helped all of my dead skin. And now my feet aren't itchy anymore. Thank God. Rejuvenated your feet. Yes. It's magic. That's uh, 15% off at Blank Slate Labs or Arcadian Grooming with code MURDERBLOWS. I didn't pack my uh, scruffy hands and I went to Knoxville and the humidity and the weather are different. And let's just say my hands are real dry, but I used it as soon as I got home. And everything is fine. I kind of want to try out their pomades because I got a lot of hair and it needs a lot of styling. So I'll let you know how that goes. I also learned that uh, both of these make great gifts. So if someone got you a gift and you forgot to get them a gift back, uh, you can just buy the little cute little holiday set. I think it comes with like two or three products. Use that discount code. And uh, instead of buying someone lotion, buy them a product they might actually care about. There's your promo. Man, you finished that story. <laughs> Boom. Ellie, tell us how we did. Retweet at us. Yeah, Retweet Ellie, tell us. us. I miss you. It's not as good as Maisie. 
I think you guys did great. That was great. I'm proud of you <laughs> and the things you accomplish. Man, holiday hangover for sure. <laughs> yeah. I had a, uh, I don't know if I can talk about this on the podcast. Do it. In typical Elliot holiday fashion, I got into a fight with one of my family members. So that was super fun. So I'm definitely recovering. But I think I may have found a new job. Send some good vibes to Violet's way. Because it would be like a job that would be at a really cool place. Helping climate change. So, it'd be tight. <laughs> yep. Don't do your interview like that. <laughs> be tight. <laughs> oh, uh, what do you do in your, your spare time? Oh, I kill it. <laughs> I've just been killing it for years. That's all I do. You can tell us all about your family fight if you want. You can. We're here for you. No, that's okay. I mean, I'm glad you guys are here for me, but no, that's okay. Was I it just, about like, Trump? No. Oh, I wish God. it was that simple, because at least <laughs> then I'm like, I'm right, you're wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh, when I read about how he answered the phone for that child, I was like, you're a dickwad. You're a I straight think, dickwad. I think that's like the funniest thing to me is like, he said some outrageous things, but I actually saw people like, cussing him out and like, getting really upset over it about santa claus not about the fucking wall but don't you ruin santa claus for a caucasian boy oh i do have something really crazy to talk about kevin spacey okay so wait i have a friend that guessed that as a conspiracy theory i'm sure you know which friend like two years ago <laughs> And then it happened. And then it's dark. Yeah. Well, okay. So he got fired. For those of you that don't know who Kevin Spacey is, he was a once a very famous actor um, that didn't molest people. But now he does that. So not so famous, thank God. Um, but you guys know he was fired from House of Cards because he was like sexually assaulting cast members, right? Not just cast members, like crew members too. Right? Yes. I, yeah. Okay. I'm okay. keeping up with that one. Okay. So I read an article the other day. I did not get to finish it that he was being arrested or arraigned something for uh, sexually assaulting a 16 year old boy. And on Christmas Eve, he put out this video called, oh God, what was it called? Holy crap. Uh, status pending on the video name. But it was so odd. He essentially talked about getting fired off of House of Cards and getting deemed a pedophile and whatnot. Uh, but he did it in his character from House of Cards. It was so, so... It's called Let Me Be Frank. I am uncomfortable. It's weird. I watch the video, and usually I'm like, no, nah, I'm not going to do that. Just going to, like, read the cliff notes. But I was, I don't even think I made it through the whole thing. I I mean, if I did, I just, I still don't know how to feel about it, but. I mean, not... I didn't read through it because I was like, it's Christmas and I don't need this right now, but I will. 
but I was keeping up with everything like prior to that enough mm-hmm. to know that he was like a total piece of it. Um, yeah. And so, and then after the um, Guatemalan child died, I was like, Fuck oh it. yeah. Like I'll just um, look at fun tweets instead. Yeah. <laughs> I I definitely have to do that too. Um, yeah. <laughs> But anyways, I thought it was super weird. So Kevin Spacey is super weird. Super weird fucking guy. Super weird and uncomfortable. Yeah, very much. Oof. Especially, I think what's weird is isn't his character the president? Yes, and he dies in the show. And yeah, I guess, after all the allegations came out. Spoiler alert. I'm so sorry if I just ruined House of Cards. But you really want to watch House of Cards anymore? No, I heard the last season. I think what sucks too is the last season. I heard is not good, like at all. Um, They rushed it and uh, (laughs) had to make some quick changes. Don't hire pedophiles. Yeah. Dot com. (laughs) Dot com. (laughs) I want that domain name, but I don't (laughs) want that in my search history. Is there a place that will not hire pedophiles? <laughs> well, pretty much everywhere shouldn't. It's like but... just a website where like you they sign up, they're like, we're like a hundred percent non pedophile hirers. <laughs> Maybe we can start that website and we can do that for people. Like, run I don't know hide... that I wanna buy that domain. <laughs> run hiding background checks for companies. <sighs> We just stalk people to find out if they're pedophiles or not. We're like, nope, he did murder uh, his entire family, but not a pedophile. <laughs> yep. Vigilante justice, it's fine. It, they were all adults. We don't care. His family were all adults, and they locked him in a basement. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Right. I know what we'll do if this podcast doesn't work out. <laughs> <laughs> don't hire pedophile.com. <laughs> <sighs> I was trying to think of like a clever segue into Cody's story and I was like, does your story have pedophiles in it? And then I was like, no, I hope not. No, it is. I'm sticking with the McMartin one that didn't record that one time. Oh, taking it back. So maybe, maybe not. Really freaking close. The great thing about this case is that I drink so much alcohol that I don't remember anything, so... I we don't remember talk. this case, so it'll be brand new all over again for me. <laughs> I was hoping it would be so long that you would all forget. I don't remember a lot of the details. Okay, well, I haven't even read through this again, so I'm just winging it, and it's just going to be like, whatever. Listeners, we recorded this episode, except I didn't record it. And so she's telling us this story again. So if it feels a little weird, that's what's going on. Don't worry. I'll provide all of the shocked gestures because I will, in fact, be shocked. (laughs) I just looked over in there. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine empty cans of beer. Ten, sorry. And an empty bottle of wine. Let me tell one more story while I organize my notes and then I'll start. Oh, story, story. Uh, uh, I'm halfway through a quiet place. <laughs> mm, it's not much of a story because I didn't get That's to finish the movie, it. Right? Yeah, the one uh, 
where the aliens attack you if Whoa, you make noise. I didn't know they were aliens. Uh, yeah, it's a horror movie, and it's like aliens and monsters attack. Uh, if they can hear things, you. Bas- yeah, they're blind, but they're very sensitive to sound. And I think it's directed and written and starring John Krasinski. And he cast his lovely wife, Emily Blunt. Um, there's a lot of sign language in the movie. It's There's only been, like, one scene with talking, but it's like, oh, and did I mention Emily Blunt is freaking pregnant in the movie? So, like, how's she going to have a baby? Don't spoil it for me. Well, by the time this episode goes up, I will have finished it. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> but, like, she's got to have a freaking baby. She's in where I'm at. No spoilers, because, like I said... T- I would be spoiling it for myself. Her water just broke and she was running down the stairs and earlier like her laundry bag snagged on a nail and it pulled it up and she just stepped on the nail and I had to come podcast. Oh, she's in labor and just stepped on a nail. (laughs) Through the foot, yeah. Like, yeah. (laughs) And remember, uh, I'm pretty sure there's an alien like in her house. What? Yeah. Oh, it is intense. It's really, really good. <laughs> is this, like, not rated for Sasha? Because I'm nervous. Well, it's just so fascinating. And then the youngest, or the oldest daughter is completely deaf. So the whole family knows sign language. And her father's trying to build her, like, a cochlear implant so she can hear. Because, like, they can't talk anyways. But, like, he wants her <laughs> to experience, like, the sounds of nature and stuff. <laughs> It's so Wait, good. so, like, a bird chirps and an alien eats it? Like... Yeah. Oh, well, at one point, like, they think aliens are on the roof of their house, and it's ra- raccoons. And <laughs> the raccoon is, like, making chirpy noises and starts running, and all of a sudden you see an alien grab it. And... Oh, I'm nervous. Yeah. It's really, really good, though. I am thoroughly enjoying it. Whew. Very, very interesting. Uh, and then after this, I'm going to watch Bird Box, which is new on Netflix. And uh, it has something to do with sight. Everyone's calling it a quiet place, but instead of not talking, you can't see. But Sandra Bullock is in it, so. Can you imagine touching an alien? Um, no. <laughs> but I think <laughs> you I might be asking you uncomfortable. The alien's like, where did I touch you on the doll? Point here, Violet. Oh, that just reminds me of the Saturday Night Live sketches um, where they get abducted by aliens. Ooh. Have you seen those? No, I don't think so. Oh my god, they're so funny. Like, they, there's always, like, four of them. And, like, one of them... Um, what's her face? The lady that was in Ghostbusters, the blonde girl. Mm-hmm. Kate McKinnon. Yeah, Kate McKinnon. She has like her pants hiked up to her belly and she has like major camel toe and she has like a <laughs> pastel shirt on and she's smoking a cigarette and she's just like, yeah, yeah, that didn't happen because the other ones, they're like all peacefully abducted and, and there's, it's all spiritual and Kate McKinnon smoking her <laughs> cigarette and she's like, yeah. Yeah, it yanked me up by my trousers and flung me into space, and my pants flew off. And so, <laughs> she's just so funny. Like I, oh, you gotta watch it. You gotta YouTube it later if you need something funny to make you not angry. Just Google Saturday Night Live alien sketch. That does sound. I like Kate McKinnon. I could watch her in that Masterminds movie. 
fart and is that Galifianakis' butt like 37 times and still laugh every single time. Just as hard. Oh my gosh. The, the words she uses in that skit. I can't think of them right now, but they're so funny. Okay, so are you guys ready? Oh yeah. Okay, try to be surprised. Don't worry. I got you. <laughs> and Maisie's always like the most blown away and she's not here. <laughs> so we'll have to She'll she'll get blown away when this she'll be blown uploads. away in spirit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Maisie, this one's for you, okay? She probably remembers all of it. She probably researched it after I was done. Um the McMartin preschool trial was a daycare sexual abuse case in the nineteen eighties, prosecuted by the Los Angeles district attorney Ira Reina. Members of the McMartin family who operated a preschool in Manhattan Beach, California, were charged with numerous acts of sexual abuse of children in their care. Accusations were made in 1983, and the arrests and investigation ran from 1984 to 1987, and the trial ran from 1987 to 1990. Um, And in August in 1983, Judy Johnson who was a mother of one of the Manhattan Beach, California preschool's young students, reported to her doctor that she believed that her young son had been anally penetrated at the McMartin preschool by an adult male. Her son identified as Mr. Ray. Ray Bucky was the grandson of the school founder, Virginia McMartin, and son of the administrator, Peggy McMartin Bucky. Johnson's belief that her son had been abused began when her son had painful bowel movements, which I'm just going to say, I'm a mother, like, that happens to little kids. They have painful bowel movements because they're little. Did you see that? Oh, I'm echoing. Sorry. Um, Did you see that video of the little kid talking about his poop? No. He's like, oh, I am never going to eat like this ever again. (laughs) And his parents are, like, recording just the audio from outside of the bathroom. Oh, that's (laughs) great. Not the same thing. I'm so sorry. But, yes, painful poops do happen. No, like, they do. Because little kids, like, they'll put it off because they're busy. (laughs) And then it's painful. Um What happened next is still disputed. Some sources state that, at the time, Johnson's son denied her suggestion that his preschool teachers had molested him, whereas others say he confirmed the abuse. In addition, Johnson also made several more accusations, including that people at the daycare had sexual encounters with animals, that Peggy had drilled a child under the arms, and Ray flew in the air. Ray Bucky was questioned and arrested on September 7th, but was quickly released and not prosecuted at the time due to lack of evidence and concerns about Johnson's son being too young to testify in court. The police then sent a form letter to about 200 parents of the students at McMartin Preschool stating that their children might have been abused and asked the parents to question their children. And this is what the letter said. September 8th, 1983. Dear parent, the department is conducting a criminal investigation involving child molestation. Ray Bucky, an employee of Virginia McMartin's preschool, was arrested September 7th, 1983 by by this department. The following procedure is 
obviously an unpleasant one, but to protect the rights of your children as well as the rights of the accused, this inquiry is necessary for a complete investigation. Records indicate that your child has been or is currently at a student at the preschool. We are asking for your assistance in this continuing investigation. Please question the child to see if he or she has been a witness to any crime or if he has she has been a or if he or she has been a victim. Our investigation indicates that possible criminal acts include oral sex, fondling of genitals, buttocks or chest area, and sodomy, possibly committed under the pretense of taking the child's temperature. Also, photos may have been taken of children without their clothing. Any information from your child regarding this um, or having to observe Ray Bucky to leave a classroom alone with a child during any nap period or if they have ever observed Ray Bucky tie up a child is important. Please complete the enclosed information form and return it to this department in the enclosed stamped return envelope as soon as possible. We will contact you if your circumstance dictate same. We will ask you to please keep this investigation strictly confidential because of the nature of the charges and the highly emotional effect it could have on our community. Please do not discuss this investigation with anyone outside your immediate family. Do not contact or discuss the investigation with Ray Bucky, any member of the accused defendant's family or employees connected with the McMartin preschool. So they sent this letter, which is terrible because I was parents... Say, I was say... <laughs> yeah. Like, they're like, oh, don't talk about it. But like, I, I have you seen Severable Speaks Out lately? They talk about everything. I mean, this was 1983, and there wasn't any internet. But still, like, people, people were attached were to their recorded phones. Yeah, exactly. Ugh. And like, parents don't know how to. What would you do properly... if you got a letter in the mail saying, "Hey, this guy may or may not have sexually molested your child." Like, is that, I, like, well, I wouldn't know what to say. Like, I personally would take my kid to a doctor, but I'm sure there's parents that didn't, and they were just like, "Did this happen to you? Did that happen to you?" And because it's literally like one of the scariest things in the world to happen to a four-year-old. Yeah, and kids don't know at that age. Like, they're learning what is right and what is wrong still, and so like, they're not gonna know like what's bad or good if a teacher is doing it to them and they're not going to know how to describe it or explain it or what it is or just like it's just so so you have like 200 parents questioning their kids about this which is awful so according to police records at least eight families contacted the police to claim positive to their children experiencing abuse at the mcmartin preschool Several more families reported questionable or disturbing incidents that were listed as possible abuse. Four of these early cases were ultimately included in the criminal trials. Um, Judy, this was the mother, she was diagnosed and hospitalized for acute paranoid schizophrenia and in 1986 was found dead in her home from complications of chronic alcoholism before the hearing concluded. So this is the one that started this whole thing, and she had paranoid schizophrenia. So what does that tell you? Um, the trial kept Stella going on, though, and several hundred children were interviewed by the Children's Institute International, a Los Angeles abuse therapy clinic run by Key McFarlane. 
The interviewing techniques used during investigations of the allegations were highly suggested and invited the children to pretend or speculate about the events. And there's a movie on, if you Google it on YouTube, if you just Google McMartin Preschool, there's a movie that comes up and it like talks. It, it's actually like a real movie about the trial and everything. It goes through the trial and it shows like what they did to the kids and how they question them. And you know, those really creepy, like Bible school puppets from church back in the day. Yeah. Okay, well, they use those to, like, have the child point to what happened to them. Oh, no, that makes the joke I made earlier so much worse. It was a segue, and we didn't even know. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. So, so they had these horrible voices and these horrible puppets, and they were, like, they weren't even really asking the kids. They were, like, telling the kids, like, hey, um... I need you to point and show me and stuff like that. Huh. By the spring of 1984, it was claimed that 360 children had been abused. Um, medical examinations were performed and photos were taken of what was believed to be minute sharing or minute, sorry, minute scarring, which was caused by anal penetration. Later, Research demonstrated that the methods of questioning used on children were extremely suggestive, leading to false accusations. Others believe that the questioning itself may have led to false memory syndrome among children who were questioned. Ultimately, only 41 of the original 360 children testified during the grand jury and pretrial hearings. So the kids that weren't abused basically were put through this horrible therapy that made them think they were abused. Oh, my God. On top of all this. Yeah. <laughs> to win a court case. And, I mean, I'm not saying, like, abused children shouldn't have justice because they absolutely should. But there's also a correct way of going about this. And this the letter. Maybe not the best way. Yeah. The letter to the parents, first of all. Because I bet you the parents got the letter and just thought that their child was abused. You know, like, they would think the worst. And who wouldn't? And then on top of that, they go to this freaking therapy session that's just suggesting that they have been. So, I mean, that's just all great. Um, videotapes of the interviews with the children were reviewed, were reviewed by Michael Maloney, a British clinical psychologist and professor of psychiatry as an expert witness regarding the interviewing of children. Maloney was highly critical of the interviewing techniques used, referring to them as improper, coercive, directive, problematic, and adult-directed in a way that forced the children to follow a rigid script. He concluded that many of the statements in the interviews were generated by the examiner. Transcripts and recordings of the interviews contained far more speech from adults than children and demonstrated that, despite the highly coercive interviewing techniques used, initially the children were resistant to the interview's attempts to elicit disclosure. So the children, like, were like, no, this didn't happen. And then the adults kept going with it and telling them it did. So at the end, they were finally like, yeah, it did happen. Um, the techniques used were contrary to the existing guidelines in California for the investigation of cases involving children and child witnesses. Some of the accusations were described as bizarre, overlapping with accusations that mirrored 
the just starting satanic ritual abuse panic. It was alleged that in addition to having been sexually abused, they saw witches fly, traveled in hot air balloons, and were taken through underground tunnels. When shown a series of photographs, one child identified actor Chuck Norris as one of the abusers. Some of the abuse was alleged to have occurred in the secret tunnels beneath the school. Several excavations turned up evidence of old buildings on the site and other debris from before the school was built, but no evidence of any secret chambers or tunnels were found. And the tunnel thing's actually kind of interesting. Like, there are people who really do think there were tunnels under that building um, to this day, and then there's people who are like, there there weren't tunnels. Um, But that's kind of like a whole other rabbit hole into that. There were claims of orgies at car washes and airports and children being flushed down toilets to secret rooms where they would be abused. Okay, like, a four-year-old doesn't know what an orgy is, so... The same men in black. Yeah. (laughs) There aren't orgies in men in black, either. You can't fit a child down a toilet. Like... Your science is not applicable here. Yeah, that's just really... I mean, if they weren't gonna put the children in tunnels, they would have, like, probably a closet or something, not flushing them down a toilet. Like, what the crap? Um, after hearing all this, I want to flush myself down a toilet. Oh, and then they were cleaned up and presented back to their parents afterwards. <laughs> Do you know what your child would look like at the end of the day if it were flushed down the toilet? Like, I have so many questions. That's like the most asinine. This is from WikiLeaks, too. This isn't even from like oh, some crazy. Oh, no. yeah, yeah. Some interviewed children. It talked of a game they called Naked Movie Stars, suggested they were forcefully photographed nude. During the trial, testimony from the children stated the Naked Movie Star game was actually a rhyming taunt used to tease other children. Um, though the prosecution arrested John, John blah, though the prosecution asserted Johnson's mental illness was caused by events of the trial, and this is the mother of the first kid that was supposedly uh, molested. Um, she's saying that now that her mental illness was caused by the trial, which I mean, yeah, if your child was indeed molested, it would cause you to have some sort of like traumatic mental illness or maybe PTSD. Um, Johnson had admitted to them that she was mentally ill beforehand. Evidence of Johnson's mental illness was withheld from the defense for three years and when provided was in the form of sanitized reports that excluded Johnson's statements at the order of the prosecution. One of the original prosecutors, Glenn Stevens, left the case and stated that other prosecutors had withheld evidence from the defense, including the information that Johnson's son did not actually identify Ray Bucky in a series of photographs. Stevens also accused the deputy district attorney on the case of lying and withholding evidence from the court and defense lawyers in order to keep the Buckys in jail and prevent access to exonerating evidence. So there's also all kinds of problems in this case with, um, defense and um information and just about any other thing that you can imagine on march 22nd 1984 virginia mcmartin peggy mcmartin bucky and ray bucky ray's sister peggy ann bucky and teachers mary ann jackson betty raider and babette bitler were charged with 115 counts of child abuse later expanded to 321 counts of child abuse involving 48 children in the 20 months of preliminary hearings, the prosecution, led by attorney Lael Rubin, presented their theory of sexual abuse. The children's testimony during the preliminary hearings was inconsistent. 
Michelle Smith and Lawrence Pazder. And that was the um, podcast I did about Michelle Remembers and uh, the book of how she was put through satanic or abuse when she was a little kid and then started to remembering it all. They were actually um, at the children at the trial and involved in it, testifying that. Really? Yeah. They and they were believed by the initial prosecutor, Glenn Stevens, to had influenced the children's testimony as well. In 1986, a new district attorney called in the evidence incredibly weak and dropped all charges against Virginia McMartin, Peggy Ann Bucky, Mary Ann Jackson, Betty Rader, and Babette Spittler. Peggy McMartin Buckley and Ray Buckley Bucky remain in custody awaiting trial. Peggy McMartin's bail had been set at $1 million and Ray Bucky had been denied bail. In 1989, Peggy Ann Bucky's appeal to have her teaching credentials reinstated after their suspension was granted. The judge ruled that there was no credible evidence or corroboration to lead to the license being suspended and that a review of the videotaped interviews with the McMartin children revealed a absence of any evidence implicating Peggy Ann in any wrongdoing and raised additional doubts of credibility with respect to the children being interviewed and the interviewing techniques themselves. The following day, the credentialing board of Sacramento endorsed the ruling and restored Bucky's right to teach. In 1990, after three years of testimony and nine weeks of deliberation by the jury, Peggy McMartin Bucky was acquitted on all counts. Ray Bucky was cleared of 52 of 65 counts and freed on bail after more than five years in jail. Nine of 11 jurors at a press conference following the trial stated that they believed the children had not been molested, but the evidence did not allow them to state who had committed the abuse beyond a reasonable, beyond a reasonable doubt. 11 of the 13 jurors who remained by the end of the trial voted to acquit Bucky of charges. The refusal of the remaining two to vote for a not guilty verdict resulted in the deadlock. The media overwhelmingly focused on the two jurors who voted guilty at the expense of those who believed Bucky was not guilty. Bucky was retired, retried later on six of the 13 counts, which produced another hung jury, again with the majority in favor of not guilty. The prosecution then gave up trying to obtain a conviction, and the case was closed with all charges against Ray Bucky dismissed. He had been jailed for five years without ever being convicted of committing any crime, which, I mean, that's pretty awful. But if he did do anything, you don't really want him out on the street, but you're not supposed to be, like jailed or punished until proven guilty so i think that's kind of messed up um and the continued allegations of the secret tunnels um still going in 1990 parents who believed their children had been abused at the preschool hired archaeologist e gary stickle to investigate the site in may 1990 stickle claimed he found evidence of tunnels consistent with the children's accounts under mcmartin preschool using ground penetrating radar Others have disagreed with Stickle's conclusions. John Earl, who wrote in 1995 that the concrete slab floor was undisturbed except for a small patch where the sewer line was tapped into. Once the slab was removed, there was no sign of any materials to line or hold up any tunnels, and the concrete floor would have made it impossible for the defendants to fill in any tunnels once the abuse investigation began. The article concluded that disturbed soil under the slab was from the sewer line and the construction fill buried under the slab before it was poured. Further, Earl noted that some fill from beneath the concrete slab was dated from the year 1940. So they would have had to like, as soon as somebody found out, they would have had to fill in all these tunnels for them to be there. You know what I mean? 
like how would they fill in tunnels under the building and if they would have filled them in like the dirt would be new dirt it wouldn't be from 1940. yeah joseph wyatt's 2002 report included that the tunnels under the preschool were more positively explained as a rubbish pit used by the owners of the site before the preschool's construction in 1966. materials found during excavation excavation bottle included bottles tin cans plywood inner tubes as well as the former owner's old mailbox only three small items found near the edge of the concrete slab were dated after 1966, which Wyatt suggested were most likely dragged into the pit by rats or other scavengers. Moreover, Wyatt speculated that Stickle's conclusions were colored by his collaboration with the parents of the McMartin children. So the movie's really good if you watch it. If you just get on YouTube, like I said, and Google McMartin Preschool, there's a whole movie about it. It's so, like, old and weird, but it gives you more of an idea of, like, what exactly the children said and what went on in court um but either way it's traumatic because if children were abused by anybody nobody paid for it like if one of those children were abused by like a family member and were telling the truth and they were thinking that the preschool did it instead like that children that child no not only had to talk about it to some stranger but they thought it was somebody else different that was doing it to them and then it and probably then, continued happening yeah exactly and then the children that nothing happened to them like they were literally made to believe that something did happen to them and on top of the satanic panic that was going on and all the letters that were sent out to the parents everything was just completely blown out of proportion and not handled correctly at all yeah um and there are things I've listened to before that, because I'll listen to anything. Like, if if there's a conspiracy theory on, like, flat earth, no, I don't think the earth is flat. But I want to know why somebody does think the earth is flat. Like, yeah. I don't necessarily agree to, with them at the end, but I just want to know why they think that. So I've listened to different podcasts on, like, why people think there's tunnels under this. And some of the evidence is really compelling and it's not that I disagree or agree with absolutely anybody about this, but I just think that, like, you can't flush children down toilets. Even if you have, like, an extra large toilet. Scientifically like, child impossible. Is... Yeah. I mean, you can't. They would drown. Like. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't, like, I can't imagine that being. Hold your nose and hold your ears. Like, hold your breath. Like, what? Like, you don't. Oy vey. Yeah, like that is absolutely insane. So I think it's an interesting case to like research and listen to, but no, I don't think that any anybody was abused unless it was like at home by another family member and they were telling about it and the people just assumed that it was by the McMartin people instead of like a family member. But I just feel really bad for the children who were like involved in that and made to think that maybe they were when they weren't. And the parents who probably went crazy afterwards because they thought their kid was being abused when they actually weren't. Oh, yeah. Um, well, so I I may have brought this up the same night that we tried recording this uh, the last time. But there's a really, really, really good Danish movie. Uh, called The Hunt, starring uh, Moss Mickelson. And it's mm -hmm. about this little girl whose older brothers are, like, always showing her, like, really, like, aggressive pornographic images. 
and uh, she goes to school and she has a crush. She's like four or five, I think. It's a kindergarten, so she's like five. And she tries to kiss her teacher on the lips. And he's like, no, 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 like, we can't do that. And he's like, it's okay, but like, that's that's not okay. You can't just do that, okay? It's, yeah, he he's like separating boundaries. And the little girl gets upset. And she tells the teachers that he did it to her and that he does stuff to her. And, like, she's getting fed all of this information from her older brothers. And the whole town goes on, like, a manhunt for him. It ruins, like, his relationship. And his son starts to wonder if he did do it. And and it's, it's so, so insane. It's so good. But, like to watch because that like I said that is an absolutely terrifying thing and even when you're watching the movie you you kind of start to wonder even though you know exactly what went down you're like maybe he did maybe it's like a plot twist and then so I can't even imagine in real life you know like hearing about that yeah because prosecutors I mean they'll make a case out of nothing if they think that there's a chance that somebody did it or if they think they can get you know a good paycheck they would definitely well, look at Brendan Dassey still being in jail. Right, exactly. Like, I mean, you want to talk about making a case out of nothing. They had nothing. Like, <laughs> literally, there's no DNA. Like, but that's crazy. Oh my god! It's like part of a false confession that was obviously coerced. Obvious. Well, and then I wonder, was this during the same time? Maybe that was in the 2000s or the 90s. But um, there was a big there was a big uh, child like molestation ring of priests in Boston. Oh, that's uh, right. They made the movie Spotlight about it. Sorry that mostly all of my <laughs> true crime knowledge is I saw a movie based off of it, but but um but yeah, so I wonder if that was around the same time, if that had anything to do with it. It's so know? crazy back in the 80s you when you hear about that you're like no no that could never happen but now it's like oh yeah it could totally happen oh like, yeah absolutely so now you have the pretense of like we hear about things like this all the time so when you look back to the mcmartin preschool you're like well yeah that could totally happen i mean could, yeah and i think that's a big thing too is like it it's it's so common now it's like school shootings you know like yeah we live in an era where we pull up the news and like, oh, another school shooting happened or, you know, another hate crime. And you're like, no surprise. Yeah. Like exactly. it's disgusting or repulsive, but it's, it's almost like desensitizing us to some of the darkest It'll, shit I've ever definitely seen. Definitely desensitizing us. Definitely. I mean, there's literally like a, when, when schools are out now, there's like mall shootings. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You're not wrong. It's so crazy. It's so desensitizing. And then, like, you get to the point where, like, you don't want to be an asshole and not read about it and not feel bad for the people. But you get to the point where you're like, I don't want to read about this because I'm sick of everything being so negative. And it's just awful. (laughs) It's like, man, what I would give to be eight again and not, like, just not, not have to watch the news ever again or pull up even see something that's awful that I didn't want to see it's just there in front of you and then it's just kind of like in your head you know Mm -hmm. it's just especially like Christmas was really hard for me because like 
I'm so lucky and blessed and I have so many awesome people in my life and like all I thought about the whole time was like all these families at borders being separated and hungry oh. and not being treated right and that was like all I thought about for like I mean I think about it anyway but it was like worse yeah just because, um like we're all so spoiled and <laughs> there's people <laughs> trying to like escape their country and they can't and then they they do and they're treated worse and they were taking people to like El Paso on buses and just letting them out <laughs> for some reason I don't know oh if it was God. people that were supposed to um go back to where they came from or if they were people that they just didn't have room for they just I don't know I didn't read about it because I just saw it and was like yeah. luckily there was groups of people around El Paso that were forming and they were giving these people like food and clothing and letting them mm -hmm. use their phones to contact other family members mm -hmm. um, so they could get because they didn't even know which city they were in like the bus was just like get out and they were like where are we we don't even know where we are yeah. um, so thank God for the people there who were like we're gonna gather and let these people use our phones and give them food and give them diapers and give them clothing and um yeah. Well, and if that's something like, I mean, I'm definitely not thankful that I'm like, I am spoiled, if that makes sense. But like right. people with privilege, I feel like give that, that we need to use that privilege to help other people oh, instead definitely. of just be privileged. You know, yeah. like my biggest, biggest pet peeve is like feeling like any, like anyone owes you anything, which I know that sounds dumb in some situations but like i i know that i am a just gathering of slightly hilarious cells um but no, and that i'm going to die and like not even be a blip on anyone's radar one day you know what i mean so like while i'm here why not just do good things for good people who i don't know aren't white and don't get you know exactly <laughs> Like a after the fires, when I went to, I, I was like, I'm going to find a Hispanic church to take mm -hmm. donations to because. Yeah. Oh, so that um, was pretty crazy. You know, yeah. You know, in this area, like people weren't taking donations to. Yeah. You know. Well, and I heard that there were like 14 confirmed deaths, but they weren't including undocumented immigrants in the count. I'll do a podcast on that someday. Yes. <laughs> oh my God. I'm so, because I, uh, one of, maybe I'll do it next. <laughs> one, of, uh, one of my old coworkers, uh, lived in a neighborhood where there were a lot of undocumented immigrants and they never got evacuated. And yeah. the fires were like crazy close to their apartments. They didn't have cars. They so. didn't have anything to yeah. get them out of there. And there were people like laying in bodies of water along the spur trying to just survive. So yeah. yeah, I have all kinds of conspiracies about that. And I actually did another podcast with another person about that. And I have really? all the, notes. yeah, I have all the notes <laughs> and all of the conspiracies I heard about it. And I know more people died, yeah. um, about here that, that day. Um, yeah. definitely. But yeah, I, I, after, even at Christmas time, which was like a month after the fires, I went yeah. and bought toys and took them to a Hispanic church and, yeah. um, watched the kids like break a pinata and everything. Aww. And they were so happy and they were so well behaved. 
oh my God, I've never seen kids more well-behaved than this group of kids. And, um, I, I, for, I didn't forget about it, but I had just kind of not realized that it had been two years. And, uh, on Facebook the other day, the video shot up that I took of the kids busting the pinata and how happy they were just about Mm -hmm. some candy, you know, and a tradition that they had, you know, back where they used to live and brought it here and they were still doing it. And, um, you know, the little kids that I gave toys and books to and how thankful they were and the parents were crying and it was just like, yeah, I'm so glad I found that church because, you know, I'm sure they were scared to go to a donation center after that. So, um, and I know that if there was anybody in need that wasn't coming to the church that they would have reached out to them and helped them. Um, but yeah, it was, it was really awesome. I'm so sorry, guys. So I, I misread everything. I skimmed through it and I just haven't been, I, it's weird because I, it's my first day off in a week and I haven't drank anything because I went, I got a little too merry last night. Yeah. Uh, um, but, uh, yeah. And so I, I feel like out of touch with everything, you know, like I, I, I almost feel like I'm not awake, if that makes sense. Yeah, and no, then I no. actually fell asleep and <laughs> uh, got woken up by the, the phone call from Sasha. And she was like, do you plan on joining us for the recording? And I was like, oh, God. <laughs> yeah, you fall asleep and you have to get up and it's like you're dazed. Like you're yeah. dazed out of it. Like you just need to go back to sleep. <laughs> it's like when you sleep through your alarm. Yeah. and rushing to a place you know and, and you get there and you're like getting ready and then you wake up 20 minutes late and you're like shit I'm not even ready now I don't know I know it's it might be different maybe not I don't know you still like your job is still uh strenuous but I'll have days where like uh it's usually days that I work late like when I close and then I have to be there early in the morning the next day I'll go to sleep and instead of like just passing out, having great dreams, I'll dream a full shift at work and my shift ends. Yeah. Like I'm getting in my car in my dream when my alarm goes off and then I have to wake up and do it again. I did that last week. I It was like Thursday night. I had to stay up to like five in the morning and paint, went to bed at five, got up Friday morning at 730, got ready because I had a parent teacher conference at 930 okay. and then I, I like ran errands all day and by the time like three o'clock hit, I wanted to die. Um, but I, I dreamt that I was like there and that I had done it. And so when I woke up, I was oh, so no. pissed. I was like, I just did this. Like I just did this and now I have to go do it again. Yeah. <laughs> oh, it's literally my least favorite thing. Like, Ugh, maybe not my least favorite thing. Donald Trump is still my least favorite thing. Oh, um, that was kind of nice. I went uh, to a Christmas Eve dinner at a Chinese buffet in town um, with my mom and some of her friends. And uh, there were a bunch of kids that I like grew up with there. And I expected to like catch up with them and be like, oh, hey, how's it going? But I didn't. I just talked to their parents and one of them uh was like so i heard you run a podcast and i was like oh uh yeah I, and i explained the theme of a murder blows <laughs> and uh i was like but it's really not for everybody cuz you know they're they're older probably more conservative than i am you know and 
And I was like, but I do have to warn you, I have some very strong, aggressive opinions about Donald Trump. So it's not for everyone. And they're like aggressive in a good way or bad way. I was like, well, I hate him with every fiber in my being, but I'm not trying to like step on it. You know, I was trying to keep it very. Exactly. I didn't you know. And then they were like, oh, what's your least favorite thing about him? And I was like, oh, my God. And I just got to yeah. rant about how much I hated him <laughs> for right? like 40, 45 minutes. <laughs> Yeah, that's how Seth's family is, like, part of it. They are, like, they're all in Knoxville, and so they're really liberal. And, um, yeah, but the other side is very rural, and they don't really talk about politics, though. It's really nice. Like, they don't, and they go to a church that actually, like, hands out meals to people and things. Um, So I appreciate that very much. Um. But yeah, I'm just glad it's over. Like it's tax season now, but peace I'd holidays. Rather, I don't know, pair socks, I guess, then do taxes. Do we do we have any pending New Year's resolutions? I I never do those because I have to just take day by day right now. Like I can't yeah. think about accomplishing something in the future. I I don't I'm not going to eat healthy. I already know that. <laughs> I um, always, my first like three months of the New Year's are always incredible. Like I do so good, but I never lose any weight. So exactly. Like, like I, I do good in the spring when the weather gets nicer and I get to mm-hmm. go outside more and I feel like doing stuff and like I'll eat cleaner, not healthy, but cleaner yeah. and oh, I yeah. do better and I really impress myself, but I, I don't lose weight. Like I'm just stuck it. Like, yeah. 120 to 130 pounds which I don't need to lose weight it's just like the mom belly that you have after having a child that (laughs) doesn't go away ever no matter what and my husband's like well you could run you could do sit-ups you could do push-ups and I'm like no I'm not I'm not doing that I could just sit here (laughs) just sit here and squish my mom belly between my fingers okay see and I I really like exercising and I love like oh man I bought a bunch of fruits and vegetables and my problem isn't I don't think mine's I mean it definitely eating clean is hard but I've done it before and I'm so good at it and I break like once in a while you know like Mine's hands down. I bet if I cut alcohol out of my diet, I would drop so much weight right off the bat. Like, right. Like nobody's business. I just drop it. Mine's Dr. Pepper. And I got down to where I I can drink like two a day and I drink water the rest of the day. But it doesn't. Mm -hmm. I still don't lose any weight. Like, I still don't feel better. Like, I don't feel more energized. Like, so (laughs) I I think no New Year's resolutions. Yeah. I, I, other than maybe, maybe I've been working on in general, when I'm overwhelmed, telling Uh other people, no, I'm overwhelmed and I need to do this stuff for myself first before I help other people. I've been doing that because the mental anguish of trying to like get all my shit done and take care of everybody else is exhausting. So if somebody's like, Hey, can we hang out or can can we do this? I'm like, absolutely not. I have to get my shit done first and then we can hang out. Like, yeah. not because I don't want to, because I know if I break my cycle, I won't get done what I need to get done. And then I'll be even more stressed about it in the future and possibly have a mental ba- breakdown. So for my mental yeah. health, let's just like, I've been telling people, no, I can't do things. 
Um, For sure. And it's not their fault. It's my fault. Like, if I wasn't as introverted and weird, it would well, probably be easier. Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, it would just be easier if I wasn't introverted and, and weird. Yeah. I, I definitely feel that, though, because I'm really bad at telling people no, and I go and do things that I really don't want to do, and then I'm in them, and I'm like, oh, I'm having fun, but I hit, like, people overload. Yeah. Like, because I work with, a, like, the public, and then I come home, and it it's like, I all I want to do is just hide in my room and watch TV and movies. Exactly. And I just, that's why today, and I, it, it's odd, because I'm the laziest busy person I know, because Same. I... I love staying consistently busy. Like on my days off, like I feel like I, I don't really do anything, but then I'm like, Oh yeah, I did this. Um, I went for a walk around the block a couple of times. I went grocery shopping. I put in applications. I, uh, sent my resume out to a lot of people. I checked on my taxes. I did this. And then I'm like, Oh, I did so much. Like, but, but today I was like, you know what? I'm not going to do anything. You literally described my life. Like I am constantly <laughs> stuck. I'm lazy. I don't get anything done. And then when I like at the end of the day, like mm-hmm. I did this for a week since <laughs> since I turned my Etsy off and yeah. um, finished all my orders mm-hmm. on Monday. I wrote down everything I did, and I did the same thing from Monday until Saturday. And wow. I wrote down so much stuff that I got done, and I was trying to get stuff done, but. Mm-hmm. If I don't write it down, I'm just like, oh, I'm lazy. I didn't do anything. I sat and stared at my phone all day. And so, like, I never take time to myself because I think I always do even when I don't. And so on Christmas Day, I told Sasha before you got on, I was like, I ordered the classic Nintendo controllers for the Switch that are wireless. Oh, yeah. Um, Yeah, I put Mario 3 on my Switch and I sat and played my Switch. With Mario 3, with a wireless Nintendo controller all day, with no guilt of, like, you should be doing this instead. You don't have time for this because it was yeah. Christmas, everything planned, and, and it was just absolutely great. Now, today I'm, like, back trying to get my life organized. <laughs> but, like, yeah, mm-hmm. it was super nice to not, because anytime I sit down to, like, watch something or play something, I'm like, you shouldn't be doing this. You should be doing this instead. And uh-huh. it just, like... I guess it's part of adulthood, but it's so sucky. (laughs) (laughs) It really, it really is because I fall into these traps where I feel like I, I don't do anything for myself. Like sometimes I can't even enjoy taking a bath. Like you were talking about how you took a hot bath. And so maybe as a a new year's resolution for all of us, because I, I feel like we are all really similar in, in that aspect that when we need days for ourselves, we just keep doing things that we don't, how do I word it? Just doing nothing. Like you need, yeah. uh, Ben Margera made this documentary and I never got to see it, but the title was like, I needed time to be useless or something. Yes. And I was like, I, I really do need that time though. Like today I went to the grocery store, but I didn't get like important things. I got like bottles of champagne and $5 sushi and discounted Christmas stuff. Like uh, chocolate chips at Kroger right now are like 45 cents if they're yeah, used I'm for like holiday cookies. I'm about to hit up CVS for their clearance Christmas candy. Hell yeah. So 
snow. I was just asking about New Year's resolutions because I know they're the worst, but like, do you have any, Sasha? Welcome back. <laughs> Welcome back. Um, uh, probably to start doing stuff to get over my head. <laughs> I don't know. Saying yes to less stuff. That's what we were just talking about. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's why, like, even the night I was sick and I couldn't talk, I was like, no, I'm going to try to podcast. And I was like, no, Cody, you need to tell them. Like, you don't have a voice. Like, they're not going to be able to hear you anyway. And I had to stick to my painting schedule or I would have gotten behind. Like, yeah. <laughs> and I didn't want to get behind because I had, like, exactly enough days from not painting until Christmas to get exactly done what I needed to do. And I stuck with my schedule. And it was able, like, I was able to push myself through without having a mental breakdown, which was nice because last year I full, full, full had a mental breakdown, like, a week before Christmas and sat on my couch and bawled. And I was Ugh. determined not to do that this year. <laughs> You're like, not again. <laughs> push yeah. your boundaries to the boundaries limits. That's what I'm learning. Say no to stuff, but not all the stuff. Yeah, no. And sometimes say yes to nothing. <laughs> to doing yes. nothing. Say That's yes like, to shout nothing. Shout out to Jessica, who was like, do you want to hang out? And I was like, I, I can't hang out because I have to paint. And she's like, well, I'll help you paint. And I'm like, well, to me, that's not hanging out. It's working. So I told her, I was like, from the 17th to the 24th, tell me your day's off and we'll do something fun. Like, we'll go out to eat and we'll go shopping because that's what I really wanted to do with my friend. I didn't want to sit and paint with my friend. Like, I wanted to go out and do something fun. Yeah. And I accomplished my stuff and we went out shopping and we went out and ate and it was so much fun. And I felt like I could actually spend time with her instead of like, oh, sorry, I'm sitting here working, you know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, and it it worked. It was fun. I loved it. I had such a good time. There we go. See, and I think that's what, that's like my next step. So we've survived the holidays, and now we're about to start the new year. Tons of things are about to change, but, like, I, I do want to, like, I've been back uh, in the town I grew up in in August, and I haven't talked to my older brother in, like, six years, four years, something like that. And I messaged him and I was like, hey, uh, I'm really broke right now, but after I get paid, I would like to see you, you know? So take time for yourself and once in a while other people. Solid advice. Speaking of other people, Violet, your hoodie came in. Oh! <gasps> Our matching ramen hoodies. Yes, all three of us now. Mine came in like the day before Christmas. Yes. <laughs> yes. I cannot wait to uh, just do pictures in those or just wear those <laughs> anytime we, we have like... Get some instant ramen and do a send nudes photo shoot. <laughs> nudes for noodles, FYI. Yeah. Not actually nudiness. That's our secret imaginary Patreon that doesn't exist. <laughs> oh man. Yeah, that that sounds like hella fun. We can go to Otaku Ramen and people will get someone to take pictures of us there and it won't be awkward or weird at all because they're always super busy. <laughs> yep. Always busy, man. <sighs> when your favorite place is everyone else's favorite place. <laughs> it is dope though. It is. Um, yeah, that was Murder Blows, y'all. Bye. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. 
Uh, we, we do Follow have to do on Twitter, Instagram. Did we do that? Oh, no, okay. we didn't Twitter, do that. Instagram, Reddit, uh, at murderblows or r slash murderblows, Gmail, murderblows at gmail.com. Tell us your New Year's resolutions. Is it to solve a true crime mystery? Because we want to interview you. Oh my god, yeah. <laughs> Let's team up. <laughs> Teamwork makes the dream work. Me, me, me. Um, yeah, also, if your New Year's resolution is to get into shape or lose weight, don't, don't get discouraged. Oh, yeah. Because if you don't, whatever, there's going to be another new year. And if you die, you're dead. So it doesn't matter. Right. And being squishy <laughs> is kind of great. So. Mm-hmm. Now, that being said, I will, like, be attempting to stick on a diet until I go to Chattanooga at the end of January. So beginning of February. Yep. Cause... And even then, we'll cheat responsibly because we'll be so damn busy. Oh, accurate though. Well, accidentally. I just want to, I've hit this point. It happens every, every single time. I've hit this point where I've eaten so much junk food and so much garbage where all my body wants right now is like fresh fruits and vegetables. Like lately I've just been eating avocados and tomatoes. That's it. And bananas and grapefruit. I, I bought pomegranate grapes mm. i'm An t- avocado thanks <laughs> if murder blows is your avocado present you're welcome i think that's good right yeah mm. i love avocados same i have 10 in my fridge that's a lot dude i go through i eat about an avocado a day though an avocado a day probably raises my cholesterol yolo <laughs> <laughs> All right, I guess goodbye, right? Yeah. I just jumped back in, so. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Happy New Year. Happy New Happy Year. Year. Well, I didn't mean that the serial killer on that book looked like you. I meant that the <laughs> whole book reminded me of you. <laughs> <laughs>